Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about market distortions, inflation, and the coming recession. That's right, the coming recession. The headwaters of a recession can be found in a cycle of inventory hoarding. So on today's show, we're going to look and see if the conditions exist for inventory hoarding or not. On March 7th, we talked about derivative markets and the impact they can have on the real value of underlying assets. We talked about futures markets and how these paper derivatives can be helpful for those who have a vested interest in commodities prices to hedge against changes in commodities prices. After all, business leaders, just like investors, want to bring predictability and certainty to their business. But we also know that software algorithms play a large role in moving large sums of money in and out of derivative markets in order to squeeze out small profits on each trade. But every now and then, distortions happen. Last year, we heard about the headline-making trades of companies like GameStop and AMC Cinemas. In both cases, the effect on the stock was the result of a short squeeze. This is when short sellers believe that the price of the stock or a commodity will go down. They borrow shares from a brokerage house on the margin account and then sell the shares. But they've got an obligation to buy back the shares and replace them before the rightful owner needs them. A short sale is a bet that the price will fall. So when the seller buys back the shares at a lower price, they pocket the difference between the sale price and the purchase price. Unlike a traditional long position, which generates a profit between the sale and the purchase price, in a short position, you reverse the order of the transaction, and the profits come from a fallen price. But when prices rise, there's a scramble to buy back the shares in order to avoid a loss, or in some cases to minimize a loss. When there are too many short sellers, the scramble to buy back the shares can be rapid and intense, further driving up the price. And if market traders recognize the rapidly rising price, they too might pile in and purchase shares hoping to capitalize on the rising price, which drives even faster price increases. The faster the execution and the higher the liquidity in the market, all of this can happen very, very quickly. And last week, we saw this happen in the price of nickel. Nickel is widely used in the manufacture of stainless steel. The addition of nickel to a steel alloy makes the metal much more immune to oxidation. It's also used in batteries and all kinds of applications all over the world. Nickel is also widely available all over the world. Russia accounts for about 9% of world production, similar to their share of global oil production. But fear over Russia's supply of nickel to world markets due to the invasion of the Ukraine resulted in a jump in nickel prices of about 30% in the span of a day. The short sellers who had to cover their position scrambled to buy futures contracts, which caused a near doubling of the price of nickel in a matter of hours. Only then did the London Mercantile Exchange halt the trading of the futures contract. The price for nickel touched over $100,000 per metric ton last Tuesday. One major trader in China booked a paper loss of $8 billion attempting to cover their short position. The price for nickel has been averaging around $13,000 a ton for the past three years, and the official close for the price of nickel on Friday afternoon was just over $48,000 a ton. and shows how fragile global supply chains can be and the impact of futures markets on the price of commodities. Russia also accounts for about 10% of global oil output, and we've seen a 30% increase in the price of oil since the invasion of the Ukraine. It's expected that even with Western sanctions, Russia will still be able to sell its oil globally, even if it has to sell at a discount to the global price in order to find a buyer. In a world where currency is being devalued, it makes sense to put money into hard assets, and if you're in business, then buying inventory with today's dollars makes sense before prices rise. 
commodity will be a better store of value than the cash. If you're in construction, you've seen a nearly 25% increase in the price of paint since the past year. So then stocking up on paint that you're going to use anyway seems like a good move. You doubt the price of paint will fall, so why not buy an entire year worth of supply? How about two years of supply? If you can borrow funds for your inventory at less than the expected price increase, buying now makes sense. If you're relying on nickel, then it makes sense to hedge futures and buy nickel inventory at prices you can handle. If you need lumber, then buy lumber, as much lumber as you can, at prices you can tolerate. If everyone is doing the same tactic at the same time, you can see how it multiplies global demand. In some ways, this is a little bit like the short squeeze, even without the short sellers distorting the market. But when the market peaks and consumers no longer need to build inventory, they will start consuming inventory rather than buying from the supply chain. At that moment, demand drops like a stone and prices fall dramatically. This dramatic swing in demand will trigger the next recession, which will be wider, deeper, and longer than anyone expects. We need to be careful during this next period to know the difference between two market demand and shadow inventory in the hands of end customers. When we see the shelves go bare of commodity products, simply because customers believe those products will be more expensive in the future, you know you're in the headwaters of the next recession. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.